Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode is inspired by a recent Instagram post where we explored the topic of cycle breaking. We're going to dive deeper into that topic right now. What is cycle breaking? Cycle breaking really simply is becoming conscious of and beginning to make choices outside of our past conditioning. Really simply, it's changing from our familiar habits and patterns. All of us are affected by our conditioning, by our experiences, by our relationships, by what was modeled to us in our childhood. We are impacted by our parents who too were impacted by their past experiences. This is what we mean when we say intergenerational transmission or passing on of traits, of habits, of patterns. It's why so many of us are so alike, those that we were raised around, our family mainly. When most of us hear the term cycle breaking, we initially think of our family. And I was asked in a comment whether or not these cycles include our friendships as well, and they do. The habits and patterns that we pick up in our relationships in childhood become the same habits and patterns that we live in all of our relationships, family, romantic, peer, friendships, professional, the list goes on. As many of us begin to become conscious, we do see a similar way of relating in all of those different relationship types. We might assume the same roles, being the caretaker, the peacemaker, or what many of us have heard us called the black sheep. We see the same patterns across our relationships. So this conversation about cycle breaking applies to all the ways that we relate to the world around us. Cycle breaking or change is difficult for all of us, for us personally, and for all of our relationships. You hear me talk a lot about the unfamiliar. Our subconscious, where all of those habits and patterns are stored, really likes us to stay in those familiar habits and patterns. It perceives anything new. It perceives change as possibly a threat. So to begin this conversation, when we talk about becoming conscious to our old habits and beginning to change or to show up differently, we're already challenging that subconscious part of our mind. We don't really want to. We experience resistance or all of the reasons why not to. And we're uncomfortable. And many of us, if we pay too much attention to that resistance, we end up right back where we started in those old cycles. For a lot of us, change in and of itself has been deemed bad. We might have messaging, direct or indirect, given to us that doing something different than those around us actually is something to be avoided. If we have that conditioning, any movement outside of that system or those familiar patterns become threatening even to us. We have this deep-rooted belief that change is bad. As a lot of us begin to change, we begin to create distance or space, maybe to explore ourselves on a deeper level, maybe because that space is needed to create safety we never had. A lot of us received similar messages around that space, that space is a bad thing. If we received that sort of messaging, any movement to create space, again, will threaten that familiar will be resistant, and before we know it, we go right back into those familiar cycles. Change for many of us, or cycle breaking, can activate deep-rooted fears of abandonment or deep-rooted threat-based reactions when we do perceive ourselves being abandoned. We might scream, we might yell, we might grasp out for that person. Even considering taking that space might activate that deep-rooted abandonment in ourselves that might prevent us from even taking that space to begin with 
and or in those around us who begin to perceive that space, activating their deep-rooted abandonment, and then the reactivity we might experience as really, really uncomfortable. For all of these reasons, so many of us don't even begin that process of cycle breaking. We might fear what might happen to the extent that we don't even want to step in that direction. It might keep us locked in our old conditioning before we even get started. For those of us that do then begin that journey of change, as we begin to create and make new choices, we're going to feel uncomfortable. We're going to be engaging with new activities, a new way of being in the world, and it's going to activate that deep resistance from our subconscious, especially for those of us who have that enmeshment or that deep-rooted codependent conditioning. Space feels like a threat. We might even hear this threat reflected back to us from those around us. I know for many of us, as we begin to take space, we might hear things like, what, are you too good for us now? Or what is this boundaries business? You're not supposed to have boundaries with family. These statements are an indicator of the discomfort that many of us and those around us experience when space is taken. I'm here to remind you that for a lot of us, that space is necessary. It's how we begin to reconnect with ourselves. For a lot of us, it's how we begin to create safety that we've needed. Space isn't necessarily a bad thing, though those of us who have been modeled a lack of space might perceive it ourselves as a bad thing. We might even experience mocking, shaming, or guilting from those around us. Again, likely coming from their own deep-rooted feelings and beliefs, they might say things like, you're being so ungrateful. I liked you better before. Stop complaining. You have it better than most. Or maybe even you're selfish, a brat, or too emotional. If we pay too much attention to the reactions that other people are having, before we know it, we might go right back into those old habits, into those old cycles. And for that system, that does feel safer. Because we all play a role as one person begins to play a new role, it does have a domino impact for those around us. It does begin to activate those deep-rooted fears, and it does then come out in reactivity and even in that controlling nature where we do feel like we're being strong-armed right back into those old cycles. I hear a lot and I see a lot in the comment section as well around this concept of culture, and I understand that we come from different cultures, whether it's collective or individualized here in the West. In my opinion, we're all interdependent creatures. We all need to find a balance between individuality or being a separate self and a connection to a greater group. A lot of times I do see this sort of behavior, this strong arming, this pressure to stay in old cycles that are harming the whole system. I see culture being used as an excuse to okay it. Culture is, of course, a very impactful part of our identity for ourselves as individuals and for our system, though a lot of times what's being okayed under the umbrella of culture is actually really problematic dynamics, not only just for us, but for that whole family system, for the whole culture in and of itself. Sharing from my own story, I know for me, cycle breaking meant mostly enforcing new space or new boundaries around how I would show up in relationships. For me, coming from that codependent conditioning, that space was incredibly important. I first needed it, to reconnect with me, to even be able to discover who I was and what my needs were. And then I needed to be able to maintain that space 
as I engaged with others around me, as I engaged with the world, I needed to learn how to acknowledge my own needs while still showing up in relationship with other people. For many years, I even feared the thought of changing. I wouldn't even entertain an idea of not going to family dinner, let alone moving across the country. I wouldn't even let myself imagine taking that space in fear of the impact it would have on my family system. I guilted myself out of even imagining a life that looked different, of even imagining breaking those cycles that I was beginning to see so deep-rooted in my whole family. As I began to work through that fear and take those steps to create that space and to make that change, a lot of people around me were confused, were wondering why I wasn't as available as I once was. Some even react from a hurt place, from that upset around abandonment, as I started to decline plans or not show up in all of the ways they once knew me to. Internally, I felt really uncomfortable. I felt really bad, as I often say, really guilty for making these changes. In those moments of feel bad, it was so incredibly important and helpful for me to remind myself and to stay connected to my deep-rooted intention for making the change. I wasn't making the change to hurt people as they were reacting from that hurt place. I was making the change so that I could be more connected to myself and more loving of myself so that then I could love the others around me better, more fully, more authentically, as opposed to feeling the incredible resentment that I had accumulated as a result of not factoring myself in for so long. And there were many moments where that internal feel bad for me was validated by those around me. I remember one conversation with my sister where I alerted her to the fact that I would be a little less available around my mom's ongoing health concerns. When I communicated that message to her, I was met with an immediate shrieking, how can you do this to me? Right In that moment, that guilt I already felt in relaying that message was now validated by her reaction. I understand my sister in that moment compassionately. That reaction was coming from that same conditioning that I knew that deep-rooted codependency, the abandonment that we feel when someone begins to act differently or begins to take space. And for my sister, it activated her caretaking role in the family. Because if I wasn't as present now for my mom to help care for her and her health, that would be fully on her shoulders. In that moment, however, it was really difficult to hear that, as I know it is for a lot of you listening. If we have that deep-rooted conditioning around enmeshment, around codependency, those of us who have played that role of caretaker, of peacemaker, when we stop embodying that role, we will feel bad on our own. And some of us might even get that reaction from those around us. Because as we change, the system feels the impact. People will notice that we're showing up differently and will likely, at least initially, respond from their own emotional place. Like I described with my sister over time, it's really helpful to be able to pull back, especially when we're breaking cycles with our family. We can know what the conditioning is, and that can help us to understand the reaction that we might be experiencing in any moment from any of the people that we're creating change with. So to create change or to cycle break, the work really revolves around a two-step process. First, Becoming conscious of the choices you're making, of the roles you're playing, of the cycles you're engaging in, and the impact that those choices have not only on yourself, 
but on those around you, on your relationships, on how you show up in the world. And the next step is to cultivate compassion and change to begin to make new choices in the areas where new choices would better serve us. Because when we serve ourselves, when we show up and meet our own needs, we can then be more loving partners, be more supportive, have relationships that are deeper, more fulfilling, or more authentic. For a lot of us, as we begin this journey of discovery, of becoming conscious of the impact that our past has on our current choices, we very understandably might feel upset. We might become reactive from that deep-rooted pain that we feel, the disappointment, the hurt that we feel when we see the impact that our past experiences or our relationships have had on us. Some of us from that place of pain might become blaming of our parents or the people who helped create those patterns. We might shame them. We might become mean. We might become abusive. We might even label that reactivity, that meanness, as an important step on our journey to change. And it isn't necessarily. Of course we feel hurt. Of course we feel disappointment. When we shift into blame, when we shift into meanness, when we shift into violating someone else and or their boundaries, that only takes away our power. It's so important to find that space of acknowledgement. Yes, these things affect me. And then shifting into self-responsibility, I now can and will begin to create that change that myself and my cycles need to see. We need to find that space between acceptance, between acknowledging the impact that our past or our experiences have on us, and shift then into responsibility, taking responsibility for how we show up now and for the change that we can all create for ourselves. It can be really helpful when we're breaking a cycle, especially within our family, to pull back and look at the generations that came before even our parents. Likely, we're going to see similar habits, similar cycles in those that came before. That can help us cultivate compassion or really just a knowingness that the people, our caregivers, our parents were truly doing the best with what they had. A lot of them weren't given the tools, don't know how to show up for themselves, don't know how to be emotionally available for a child, and they then don't show up in the ways that we needed them of no fault of our own and not necessarily of a fault of their own either. We can only do with the information that we have, and most of our caregivers are doing truly the best that they can based on what they were taught from their past generations as well. As we do begin to create change or to break cycles, cultivate holding that compassion can be really helpful in the midst of that reactivity. When you too are having, how can you do this to me, yelled at you, understanding just like I described with my sister, that that's coming from pain, from fear, from maybe abandonment. That can help us cultivate that compassion or simply to hold space where I might still hold my boundary and take the space that I need for myself or for my safety and give my sister or whoever else it is for you space for their own reaction without blaming, without shaming, letting them have the reaction and the emotions that they're having around your change because it's just as real for them, especially when they share that same conditioning as we do. In those moments of reactivity, like I described earlier, it can be so helpful to remain connected, to check in with your intention for why you're changing, why you're breaking these cycles to begin with. 
right? Remaining connected to the reason, which for most of us is love, is having more authentic, more fulfilling connections. That can help us shift from that tendency to put our pain outward, to blame, to shame, or to become just as reactive as those around us may be. For many of us, as we begin to change or break cycles, one of the most difficult processes can be around acceptance. Acceptance when we then see our family not changing. As we begin to change and experience the positive effects of the change, it's very understandable to look back into that family system. Maybe even more consciously now, seeing all the patterns that are keeping your loved ones stuck. And it's incredibly difficult to then see those loved ones continue to be stuck, to not break the cycles, to not begin to change. From that powerless place, a lot of us attempt to control, to give ultimatums, to strong arm our loved ones into walking the journey alongside of us or to creating change for themselves. The reality is, we have to accept the reality of the choices people are making around us. We can't control someone else's journey. As much as we would like to, it is truly their choice to make. The most inspirational thing we can do to keep on our journey, not to allow their stuckness or their cycles to pull us back in from that familiar place, but to keep walking to transform ourselves. In my opinion, that for most of us, is the most inspirational thing we can offer our loved ones. As our parents, as our siblings begin to look and see the life we're creating for ourselves, that might be what motivates them into changing for themselves. For those of us that are living, working, or still in relationship with the people that we're trying to break cycles around, it can be incredibly difficult. For some of us, it might mean actually taking space from those relationships. We're changing that environment around us, stepping out, beginning to spend less time, actually changing the landscape of our, our relationships by being less frequently with some people and engaging more frequently with other new people. That's what coping is. I read this in a book recently, and I really like this distinction between coping and adapting. Coping is really simply changing the environment around us. And as many of us become conscious of our own deep-rooted patterns, that is the journey we take. We take space from those older relationships, from that system. We take space to begin to make new choices, to create safety, to re-engage with ourselves, to meet our own needs. We're quite simply changing the environment of our relationships because we're engaging with people differently and we're not at all. Adapting, on the other hand, is when we change ourselves so that we can experience the relationship differently. So for those of us that find ourselves under the same roof, the conversation we might be having is around adapting. While we can't control what the relationships around us or the people around us are doing, what we can begin to control is how we show up, is how we respond to what they're doing. This includes putting up the small boundaries and taking the small space that we can. Of course, we might have to return home if we're cohabitating or living with these humans, However, we might be able to carve out a part of the home that's just our space, or we might be able to leave the home more frequently on a walk or finding a supportive network of humans that can help us cope with what's going on in that home with more support, with more understanding, can be an outlet for us. 
So coping is for those of us who can change our environment, who can actually create objective space when and where we need it. And adapting is for all of us too, but especially for those of us who can't change that environment. How can I experience my environment differently? How can I continue to break these cycles, even if the people that are not breaking the cycles are sharing the same home or are sharing the same relationship that I'm engaging in? Cycle breaking is a journey. For a lot of us, it begins with an awareness of our own patterns, of seeing how habitual we are and of seeing the areas where those habits don't serve us. As we begin to then create change, we do affect the world around us. We become a domino. As we show up differently, our systems and our relationships begin to live the impact of our change, of our cycle breaking. It is a long-term journey for most of us. It doesn't happen overnight, and there are difficulties on the road. We don't like to change. Those around us don't like to change because we feel so comfortable in those familiar habits. However, for ourselves and for those systems, change is probably the greatest gift that we can offer because we can then become more connected, more whole, and more authentic when we show back up or as we begin to show up differently in those relationships. To all you cycle breakers out there, I see you. I know how difficult this journey is. I send you love and I send you compassion that I hope you can cultivate for yourself and your loved ones as you continue to walk this journey. For those of you who aren't yet creating change or aren't making the choice to break cycles, I honor you as well. I honor your curiosity. I honor your engagement and even this conversation. I honor exactly where you are on your journey. All of you are exactly where you need to be. I look forward to continuing this conversation, to continuing this journey with all of you on the next episode.